0: A great Canadian
1: talk show. There's only a couple of watts, but I brought the truth to everyone within three blocks of the west side of campus.
0: No way. way. Yes way. And now, let's get right down to business with Marty Gold. We go.
1: Welcome. Canadian Talk Show Podcast. This is number seven in our series building towards the 2022 Winnipeg Civic Election. Uh, Spirited Kenny and I have lots to talk about this week. Uh, ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, hoy. Uh Kenny, what was the most significant thing you did this week besides accidentally walk through a wet field? Oh my, no,
0: no, it was the creek, the creek by it was where I live. Yeah, creek. yeah, I went for a walk and I forgot that it rained today and the creek was overflowing and usually you can skip over some rocks to cut the 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 little uh, walk short, but no, not this time. I I went out. Oh, know what I did yesterday? I went out to see a movie with my friends, which is pretty significant because we only get together like once every we say four times a year now with our our families and everything like that. But I saw my first Winnipeg social media celebrity, someone that I was following on uh, Instagram. I'm like, hey, I recognize her from Instagram. We're at. uh, I I had one someone like that pointed out to me where somebody
1: younger and more hip thought yeah. i would like have heard of them and i actually like i didn't recognize this person but you could see that they were kind of um uh, surgically altered to attract attention of some oh, yeah, form yeah. or other and I, I was like people like why would people follow them because like looking at that <laughs> looking at her shopping in a costco was not uh It was exactly an overwhelming experience. Who was this celebrity? Was it a
0: similar kind of fashionista? Yeah, similar similar like that. Might have been the same one. Could be. I think her name was like Peg City. And I think she followed me a long time ago.
1: Well, no, that's a different piece. You talking about Peg City Lovely?
0: No, not Lovely. I think it's like Peg City.
1: Oh, okay. But But like Instagrammer. Okay.
0: Yeah, I used to like, well, I used to go on Instagram every day now. And I totally forgot about her because I muted her, but... (laughs)
1: Oh, but there she was. But there she was. I'm not on Instagram at all, so this is all a mystery to me.
0: Well, it's like any other social media.
1: And that was the highlight of your week.
0: Yes, because I was out with my friends when that happened.
1: And and fellowship is important at this time of year. Then we Uh,
0: saw Thor, and everything was good.
1: It was good for me, and I didn't (laughs) get my feet wet at all this week. New shoes. (laughs) Uh, I know that everybody wants us to talk about. Polls and what they mean, what they really mean, and how the media misreports things, and how the uh, how this is uh, you know the politics behind the politics of the of the race. But that wasn't my intention going into this uh, going into this podcast, and, and we will be addressing that.
0: Yeah, everybody wants to, to talk know about Glenn Murray's poll,
1: right? And well, it's not Glenn Murray's poll, but the poll. The, the poll oh, sorry, featuring the Glenn poll. Murray, as it turned out. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm and, sure he has no funding.
1: And we have more material than we can use. That's how much research we've done. But I'm going to try to boil it down, and we will get to that. And and it's worth waiting for. But uh, the first part of this program, I saw something um, yesterday, and immediately I told Kenny. The, the I had already wanted to do a podcast along the theme. It's the, the the title of this episode. Yeah. Crime victims need a voice in the Winnipeg election, and maybe we're advancing it by a week or two. The reputation of the great Canadian talk show on ninety-two point nine Kick FM radio, uh, which was supported a thousand percent by Rick Baverstock, oh yeah, was that we provided the voice of alternative ideas, opinions, and experiences in Winnipeg, and often that was articulated not only by our callers, not only by our and we did take callers, unlike what passes for open line uh, radio in Winnipeg nowadays.
0: Oh, uh, so gross!
1: And not by our guests, who many of whom were uh, unique to being interviewed, and some of whom were, you know, maybe not unexpected to be on, uh, interviewed by a media outlet, but certainly the line of questioning, the intensity of the questioning, um, the direction of the questioning, was certainly not with the kind of puffball, softball, uh, uh, powder puffy kind of questioning uh, that they would get from, again, some of those mainstream outlets. We we, we speak from the heart. And we speak as often as possible for the people. And that reputation was built, as I said, open line calls, the kinds of guests we had or uh, people we interviewed, the kinds of material that we would dig up and put out in the public uh, the public sphere in terms of discussions, uh, filing uh, filing freedom of information requests, uh, the spirit energy program going actually through the list of all the media outlets but a very essential element of that was that we gave voice to the opi- the alternate opinions the community as articulated by bloggers and it was unprecedented at the time and blogging the blogging industry not that it was an industry that's really fallen by the wayside in winnipeg and, and all over by and large uh There are some, you know, what were blogs that are now basically websites that are still going strong, still have a lot of of, of followers, small dead animals, for instance. But locally, uh, people moved on either from doing it to other interests, other careers. They moved, settled more into a website style uh, articulation of their, you know, interest in, say, uh, architecture, you know, urban architecture, you know, the history of buildings and stuff like that, all which is very well and good. But what, what has been lost is political blogging by and large, the commentaries. Uh, And the mainstream media doesn't pick up on it. They prefer Instagram celebrities, right? And TikTok stars. Of course. They're big news.
0: They're pretty people.
1: A longtime friend of this program uh, and a longtime personal friend, John Dobbin, I was not aware because John is not on social media, not uh, due to circumstances, not, I'd say, of his own choosing because he spoke the truth about crime and public disorder in Winnipeg. And made a decision to not have to engage the critics who said horrible things to one of the nicest human beings you're ever going to meet. John Dobbin has continued blogging. John Dobbin.blogspot.com, as we used to say. And say again. And lo and behold, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. The uh, launch date is the Monday, August 1st. Saturday, July 30th. Crime and safety in Winnipeg in 2022, part one. And I'm going to read this and we're going to discuss it. This is going to be the first segment because this ties in with what we've said from the outset in reigniting our civic election coverage. Crime and public safety is the number one issue. John Dobbin in every man language explains why and why every candidate should pay attention to quote john Dobbin: crime in winnipeg in the post-pandemic period has been raising concern for many people that's his first line cool it would be a mistake to say it is solely media driven Despite a news conference from Chief Danny Smythe from the Winnipeg Police Service to set to reassure people many in the city are anything but, being randomly attacked or being a victim of crime are probably first and foremost of concern for citizens. I'm going to interject and tell you that I know that John Dobbin was himself a victim of a crime in an assault around the University of Winnipeg, I'm guessing about four or five years
0: ago. Well, they that's have extra security it. there, too. Like, that's... Yeah. Shocking.
1: Back to John's commentary. Simply telling people they are statistically unlikely to be a victim of crime does not change the perception of safety. One of the reasons why the forks has generally defied perceptions that downtown is dangerous in the past is because the area is clean, looks cared for, and has activities associated with tourism and recreation. The presence of a lot of people and that that the area is secure has served the forks well. The pandemic emptying out nearly all downtown and protests originating or ending up at the Forks has changed the dynamic. Instead of being an area of gathering for trade and celebration, it has become a seat of power to express dissatisfaction. Now, that speaks to the Forks, yep. which, of course, was front and center when we revived our coverage here. The situation mm-hmm. there, the uh, the assaults and their position on Canada Day, their, their inexcusable position on Canada Day. John Dobbin continues freedom of speech is the hallmark of our society however the polarized nature and confrontational style of protest has turned the forks into a sometime hot spot so here's john dobbin saying what nobody on winnipeg radio or television dared say out loud and probably explained some of their canada day stance as well
0: yeah he just nailed it
1: back to john dobbin it is a kind of messy situation because unauthorized political gatherings, and I have to say I'm not really sure what is an author. I really don't know how you authorize or unauthorized political gatherings, whatever, are probably not exactly what the forks had in mind when hosting cultural and musical events. As we say in Hebrew, meachuz, 100%. That's true. Why is this important, asked John Dobbin. It is important because while it may not be a crime to gather to protest the government, it may make people wonder about their security. If you're intended to go for dinner at the Forks, go for a walk and browse the stores, a large vocal government protest might be something to avoid. The, government, the peaceful gathering of many people is what the strength of the Forks is. If people think their safety is at issue, they make different choices. Absolutely. It is why crime and safety blur. I'm going to repeat that. That line, if people think their safety is at issue, they make different choices. That is the story of Winnipeg downtown. It is why crime and safety blur, says John Dobbin. Perception that the Forks is safe and that crime is rare can not only be about words, but deeds. More on that later. As for violent crime, it might be rare, but it can't be ignored. And here John Dobbin goes through uh, an overview. The Forks is not the only place in the city experiencing it. Polo Park has had a number of incidents, too. It is something that the largest shopping mall in the province has to deal with or risk losing more business to seasons of tuxedo. For the first time, it appears there are no vacancies in the tuxedo mall. Can Polo Park say the same? So, again, this is reflective of downtown. With one of the largest property managers in the land as owner of the mall, those that run afoul and cause a disturbance can be banned from the premises. Still, multiple bands can't protect the uh, can't protect people when they are outside. So the point John Dobbin is making is that those who commit crimes of opportunity, uh, crimes of intimidation, um, thuggery, thievery, uh, strong-arm,
0: strongarm
1: crimes. So you make the malls the malls try to police this behavior inside their vast expanse of indoor territory, but now it gets moved to the parking lots. Yep. Grant Park Mall is not a place one would associate with violent crime, and yet a carjacking took place there in broad daylight. And then what? a few days later, three people stabbed near the mall in a stabbed near the mall in a reported attempted break-in. None of the victims knew their attacker. There have been a few of those lately. The stabbing took place at a Charleswood Bush party, same weekend as the carjacking. Those have been going on for decades, and suddenly one turns into a near homicide. And the police shot someone in Osborne Village it really does seem the summer of discontent. The randomness, concludes John Dobbin, makes anyone say, are we safe anywhere? Our position here, crime victims need a voice in the Winnipeg election. What does John Dobbin say? Are we safe anywhere? Now, last weekend, as we we're doing the podcast uh there were a couple of uh, uh of incidents uh around the time we were producing it and we had actually talked about about this and so just to quickly catch people up from what you last heard uh, just two examples from the police plotter uh last sunday july 24th about 5 45 p.m the police went to where kenny that's right the forks
0: oh surprise people- surprise
1: Three people suffering from the effects of being sprayed with an unknown substance. One of the accused who fled was arrested and placed in custody following a short foot pursuit. Let's talk about the suspects.
0: What so two the suspects, hell?
1: Two suspects. And this, as of the time of the press release, I don't remember hearing that anybody else had been picked up on this yet. Okay, two suspects outstanding. Seventeen-year-old male from Winnipeg with the following offenses: assault with a weapon times three, possession of a weapon, fail to comply with probation order times two. Once again. The province and the courts fail the people of Winnipeg. Now, who are the victims?
0: Marty, can I just stop for a, stop sure, for a second? Sure, of course you can. When, what was the substance they got sprayed with? Was it mace? Was it water? Was it, like, well, it acid?
1: Was, it was it was stronger than water and, and seemingly less powerful than sulfuric acid. <laughs>
0: like, like, that's a huge thing to know. That's, like, the difference between being assaulted with a knife and being assaulted with a gun. Like...
1: Well, at least with a machete. Okay. Well, yeah. So now you've got two <laughs> three people hot footed, one gets caught, seventeen year old male, once again a minor, once again a juvenile, once again a failure to comply with two probation orders. So what does John Dobbin say? There's the blend between crime and safety. Here are these people at the forks, and they're confronted by some juvenile jerk. I'm sure a victim of something who felt
0: compelled
1: to be in possession of a weapon, assault three people with a weapon, and ignore his probation orders. He was detained in custody. That's a small consolation to the victims. An 18-year-old female and two younger children, a 15-year-old female and a 12-year-old male. So this could be like an 18-year-old out with her. Sit with her sister and her little brother. Yeah. And somebody runs up, presumably, you know, to spray them and try to steal their stuff. So now let's look at this before we go to the other case. And this was this was as we were talking about crime, and John Dobbin's reflected on the the perception of safety at the Forks, which I remind everybody listening: the board is made up of three representatives of the feds, three of the province, and three from the city. Governments are directly connected to the problems of safety at the forks. They can't wiggle out of it, in my opinion.
0: No, not anymore.
1: What do you think life is like now for that 12-year-old boy, Kenny?
0: Oh, you'd be nervous to go anywhere. You'd be scared to go anywhere. You, do you think not trust strangers.
1: Been... Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the line here. The three, The three suspects who sprayed them with what was determined to be a weird way to write a press release. It, they were sprayed. They were suffering the effects of something unknown because the cops didn't know what it was. Yeah. Then when they got there, they figured out they were sprayed them with what was determined to be bear spray repellent. Oh. Officers also believe the attack was unprovoked. Okay. Do you think a 12 year old had ever been? Unprovoked. Do you think any of those three teenagers had ever been observing the public, public peace and being in good order? Do you think any of them had ever been uh, bear sprayed?
0: Or threatened to be bear sprayed? No, there's the It's so crazy. Like, that PTSD they're going to have now is fucking long lasting.
1: Okay. That's just 3 of the victims. What did we what are we talking about this week on the podcast before you get to the polls? You established that whatever the polls say, crime victims need a voice in the Winnipeg election. Let's go to the other case. Kenny, remember last week when you were talking about how about bus drivers? Yeah. Do you remember what you said about bus drivers?
0: I don't like uh, those shields. They have like a sense of safety with them. They have a they sense, What on. is the
1: result in your opinion that you expressed the opinion? And this was uh, uh, la- the Monday episode, I guess, was July 24th. Uh, what, what was your comment with regards to uh, to how the bus drivers handle um, the uh, onboarding, I guess, is the fancy term for it?
0: They will allow that people that they would never really not normally allow on the bus because they have that shield, that sense of safety. And yeah, it's safe for them, but it's not safe for the people that are actually riding the bus.
1: Okay. Uh, the episode you made that comment, by the way, is July 25th. South Osborne rep next mayor must be brave and fire city planners. That's right. And it was in that that podcast because the one that followed was here. Jenny Motklik revealed Glenn Murray is still breaching the Canada Elections Act. So just to be clear, uh, because the 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 press conference of was like a drop in a special. Uh, but uh, I'll get this all straight out sooner or later. Actually, when I look at this, one, two, three, four, five, this is actually the eighth episode of the series. So I'm not so smart after all. So you talk about bus drivers. Yeah, they'll let people on the bus that otherwise maybe they wouldn't. You ready? On July 24th at approximately 7 p.m., in other words, when you and I were in the middle of recording that podcast about South Osborne, right. the police service responded to Portage and Camden for a passenger threatening to stab the driver while on a city bus.
0: I thought those shields were supposed to stop all that nonsense. I
1: an thought was
0: fe- safer.
1: An adult female boarded an eastbound Portage Avenue bus a few minutes earlier, meaning somewhere around Polo Park, and began yeah. to cause a disturbance when the bus driver stopped the bus and requested she leave. She pulled the knife she pulled out a knife and attempted to stab the driver around the oh. protective plastic barrier.
0: Oh, my God.
1: The driver ordered all passengers to exit to safety, and he jumped through the driver's side window.
0: <laughs> Pretty police, soon they're going to have their own little exit and entrance.
1: Police were called, uh, Chase with the police. A taser was deployed. Destiny Don Harry charged with 41-year-old. Uh, after being tased charged with assault with a weapon possession of a weapon times two you ready fail to comply with release order so once again recidivism this is the one way or the other courts justice this has to do with the province maybe the feds the residents the peaceful city, the people who go to the forks the people who get on buses the people who drive buses are all being victimized Somebody has to speak out for the victims of crime in this election. And somebody also has to say that they're going to have the guts to, to, to get into it with the province, to go to the province and insist the province take active steps, concrete steps, to enhance the safety and security of the citizens of Winnipeg, starting with people who go to the forks and take the damn bus.
0: Yeah. Which That's everyone's what going doing. to be doing in the next – five years because the price of gas is so outrageous
1: well how are you going to get more people to take the bus when they're getting mugged at the bus stops and huh. and even when they're on the bus and it seems maybe safe somebody comes on a, i have heard i have so many bus stories of of you know people that are clearly should not have been allowed on a bus and i'm not blaming the drivers they think this is the path of least least resistance and i don't blame them but people end up on the bus now that never would have gotten on a bus in the past, and five or seven or ten minutes later, they're getting into a fistfight with somebody because they're staring—they're they're staring at them. Uh, or, or whatever, getting too close to, to 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 somebody's spouse, and the next, you know, there's a fight that spills over on top of people sitting in those in the back rows of the corners. I'm hearing about this. I don't think this is technically reported. I'm not sure the bus drivers file a report for every punch, you know, punching incident or slapping incident that occurs on one of their bus, and they may not even know about some of them. You can know, have something where three punches are thrown and somebody gets knocked down. They know something happened. They don't know it was from punches.
0: Like, it's Do you remember we know. Do you remember when the bus stops and the, the bus benches had those signs that said, like, assaulting bus drivers is a crime? Like, how bad are things when you have to remind people waiting for the bus that if you assault the bus driver, it is a crime? <laughs> it's like there's some sort of root cause that we're ignoring because we keep doing the same thing. We put up walls and we're like, oh, well, we fixed the, the LC robberies. We put up the walls. But people are still getting robbed. Just not inside well, LC. Yeah. There.
1: This is nuts.
0: Yeah. It's like uh, it's being pushed away.
1: I, yeah. I, 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 to see that one gets on the bus and
0: tries to stab
1: the driver and then they have to tase her and she's failed to comply proves our point exactly what we talked about. Uh, the trick is now, uh, the other media is going to emphasize it. There's nobody on, on, on on what Pat, what would be open line radio that really is, is nobody's showing any leadership. No. That's what's happening. Nobody's showing any leadership. Sometimes people show leadership. Sometimes you have to draw leadership out of people. I guess when it comes to the crime and public safety file, uh, we're going to do our best to do that. Uh, and uh, my thanks to John Dobbin uh, from the bottom yeah. of my heart for, for being brave for writing part one, we'll bring you part two as well. Cause John, I know has solutions. He has ideas. People like him are not reflected in mainstream media. People like him are not reflected in polling either, to be honest with you. Uh, But that's what we're here to provide that alternative voice in the tradition we had on radio. And we're able to do it now with this election campaign. And we'll be back uh, right after this to talk about uh, what you weren't told but should know and should understand about uh, what a, a poll of convenience means compared to what we would define otherwise as a more meaningful poll when it comes to politics and civic uh, political objectives in Winnipeg. There'll be more of the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast in just a moment. I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast, for listening to all our podcasts. Your feedback, your questions, your news tips, this helps improve our citizen journalism. We're going to keep talking to the candidates directly, and you'll be able to hear their answers to what their background is, and what they see for the future of our city. We rely and depend on your support. You can go to the PayPal link at the bottom of the episode description, or if you want to make a donation, if you want to sponsor the podcast, the City Circus TV show, our columns on wham.live, then you can email me directly. And whether it's $10 or $100, whether it's more or less, it all goes towards making sure we can bring you the best possible coverage that you won't get from corporate media. So, you can make the best choice possible at the ballot box in this election. You can email me, MartyGoldLive at gmail.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, For the second half of this episode, uh, and I really don't want to spend two hours on it, and we could, because uh, we've looked, we've tried to find ways of looking at it and get other information, but but ultimately, what's important is. what happened in the last week was some prime politicking, political maneuvering, uh, going into the long weekend. Uh, and uh, and as you heard on podcast number seven, as it turns out, uh, where Jenny Motcluck had held a press conference at City Hall that we attended. And you heard, and only on the Great Canadian Talk Show, did you hear all her questions, all the questions, all the answers, the scrum of the media, her entire statement of whatever was, three minutes, 15 seconds, a question that we asked her specifically as an exclusive for for this program for our audience, uh, and grad, what we saw was gradually through the week from the C B not for the week in the course of like a day from the C B C story uh, the uh, that Bartley Kivas wrote to the Free Press story to the Winnipeg finally the Winnipeg Sun story that this story evolved and what sounded in the Free Press story uh, or in the uh, the C B C story rather by Bartley Kivas that. A volunteer somehow deleted these records and Glenn Glenn Murray couldn't (laughs) turn them in and their otters still ask questions. And by the time it was done, the Winnipeg Sun is is running a story where even though their headline says kaboom, the story says clerical error. Now, on what planet, on what planet is a story like this defined as a clerical error on the say so of the people who say it was a clerical error, which is one step removed from literally one step removed from the dog ate my homework. So uh, you saw how they, an exasperated Heather Mack talked to Kivas and just blurted out whatever she blurted out, you know, I think she used the word ass somewhere in her, (laughs) in her diatribe. Right. But here we are. Right. Here we are. And she's
0: like a thorn. if that would have happened in the States, then I tweeted this. If that would have happened in the States, the news agencies would be just going to war with that sort of inf- information. So
1: so the free press when, has an inexperienced reporter who knows no has no understanding of election campaigns, who buries till seven, eight, nine paragraphs in what the issue is. What the issue is, you know, we went, we asked uh, the elections canada for a second extension, but we were told that they they their process doesn't allow it. Not one newsroom in Winnipeg has asked the question, why did the Glenn Murray campaign for the Green Party leadership, why did they not go to the court as required to ask for an extension? What is the meaning of the Glenn Murray campaign not having gone to court to ask for an extension? And just to be clear, just because the auditor still has questions over these receipts, supposedly five of them that are remaining, does not mean they could not have gone to court and asked for an, uh, an extension. And it also does not mean they could not have submitted an interim report to Elections Canada with an explanation that there's five more. So maybe, they, maybe there's some trick in the auditing business about providing what would be deemed incomplete. But these records are verified and these we're still looking at. Something. But not one media outlet has focused on what the real issue is. Why? And it's not just Glenn Murray. I'd ask this of any candidate. Why did they not go to court to ask for an extension? Because every day, Glenn Murray continues to be in breach of the Canada Elections Act. That's important. Oh, yeah, 100%. Nobody's saying it's the death penalty. Nobody's saying it's in and of itself disqualifying. We it, Certainly, there has to be an explanation. But it is important that people don't know... Uh, have a final tally on the donors. Don't have a final tally on whether the election expenses were were legitimate or not, because that's what uh, Elections Canada then determines the number of a, people. Go ahead, Kenny.
0: We have a right to know who supports Glenn Murray financially. Well, who
1: support him in the past and who potentially yeah. could be supporting him now? Absolutely. And yeah. any candidate. Any candidate. Uh, yeah, that's why that's there. And That's if his return, if if he had run the last time and his return wasn't filed, he wouldn't be allowed to run this time. And the number of people that the defo- that call, uh, Jenny um, uh telling the public ex- that she had filed, you know, she'd filed a complaint with the commissioner, chief elections commissioner, to get to try to get to the bottom of this because, like, this is sixteen months late. This is strange. It does not pass. I don't want to say it doesn't pass the sniff test, but it doesn't pass what most people find believable.
0: There's that, a yellow Why well, would this
1: take 16 months and all oh, the order that well, – no. Like it doesn't take 16 months to rebuild those financial records. Uh, the, anything that was paid for the campaign, I'm quite confident. Even If there's checks, there's a paper trail. If it's through electronic banking, there's uh, – you know, RBC will make you a Xerox, <laughs> you know, of your banking records.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So something – to people that have been anywhere close to either real business or real politics, like th- this doesn't quite make sense. The whole excuse, by the time it's done, it's a clerical error. It
0: we sense? deleted it. We deleted it by accident. It's the internet. Whiff, Nothing yeah. gets deleted. There, there's, a always a, there's always a trace.
1: Whiff and a miss. And the number of people in the public uh, online uh, who are uh, the attack dogs who say things like this is mudslinging. Well, no. it's What did you say, Kenny? People have a right to know. Whether yeah. whether any candidate had run an election that passes passes muster a previous time, uh, who their who their donors are, it's a just a basic common sense thing. But to many people in the city of Winnipeg who who live online, uh, evidently their belief is this is mudslinging, name calling. Well, they, that's not telling us how you make the city be, uh, a better place. Well, you know, for people who say they're worried about ethics in government, well, uh, you know, no. Uh, expecting candidates to follow the rules of elections i mean if you don't if you don't have that basic expectation i don't know that you really understand how important politics is to to your family in your future you know if you're that lax on on the standards of who runs yeah. who does, and and, and so, whether they whether they have uh, followed the rules and engaged in acceptable practices which is not to say outside of the fact that there is a breach of the Canada elections act that's not to say that there's anything untowards in whatever information that auditor is still reviewing. Uh, but that judgment is left up to Elections Canada. Yeah. And
0: they aren't even positioned to judge that. So no. It's transparency in politics. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mudsling. No, it's politics, baby. Like we need to know what's going on. That's part of the rules.
1: Mock want... points finger at Murray. Kaboom. Next day, the story starts getting leaked out. There's a poll coming. And it says this and it says that. Now, the thing about polls is, especially early polls, nobody cares whether the public actually <laughs> understands what the poll's about. All they care about is headlines.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And after having the front of the city section with Jenny Motklik's face there and the headline, Motklik points finger at Murray over whatever it said, election, election snafu or whatever, campaign finance, can't remember the exact terminology, and the front page of the Sun was, you know, Uh, befuddled murray and motkalik and the pronouncing boom about this uh uh, canada elections act active ongoing breach what kind of headlines do you get i'm going to give you a sample here from iheartradio.ca and again they may have picked it up from uh canadian press i'm not sure who they pick up their news from uh but anyways poll shows significant lead for glenn murray in winnipeg mayor's race these are the headlines Winnipeg Sun, Murray leading the pack in Winnipeg's mayoral race. Uh, Pro research, blah, blah, blah. Murray takes early lead. That's a rather mild headline, actually. Poll, Winnipeg Free Press. That's the most neutral headline. Murray has healthy lead in Winnipeg Mayor's race.
0: Christy.ca. Well, Marty, your favorite morning show on Power 97. Yeah. When they delivered the news on Friday about this poll where Glenn Murray's in the lead, they're like, well, I guess he's the four. I guess he's like uh. Going to be the new mayor. He's ahead by like forty percent. It's kind of I hard want to, you to
1: send, make up that ground. Okay, with due respect, because they aren't political experts, but they're the kind of broadcasters <laughs> that all politicians hope only read the headlines. Yeah. And yeah. fall for it. Now, the Winnipeg Free Press headline is the mo- is is neutral and I'd say responsible. But that coverage, in all that coverage. None of them, those stories that I saw adequately explained when they talk about a poll of 622 people, that it wasn't 622 opinions. It was 478 opinions. And when you look at the raw number out of those 478 opinions that in one metric favored Glenn Murray, that's about 220 people out of a room of 480. That's what you're talking about. Now, when you hear that, no one in the right mind thinks that a group of 480 in any way can represent a a projected result of an election across the broad spans of Winnipeg, 16 miles east to west and 14 miles north to south. No one. But it's not explained that way. This, let me explain a little something about polling. And Kenny, like I said, send this to the morning show so they'll understand why the media? First of all, the media, and I don't mean morning shows because they don't—they're looking for stuff to talk about. We were in that game. I get it, yeah. no problem. They're looking for headlines, and headlines that sell. And Glenn Murray wants headlines to say Glenn Murray's a winner, not Glenn Murray's in trouble with the federal legislation. Okay, <laughs> nope. I get that. The sense is this poll was released a day early; that it was going to come out on the Friday, and it came out on the Thursday because of the headlines on the uh, on on the Wednesday. What kind of a poll was this? Let me tell you something about convenience sampling. This is from ScienceDirect.com. Okay. Convenience sampling involves using respondents who are, quote, convenient to the researcher. Now, this is in specifically in relation to, uh, I, just to explain, an article about sampling within the computer science field. Okay, just so you understand. But these are the general principles. Uh, The concept is often confused, convenience sampling is often confused with random sampling because of the notion that people are being stopped at random, in other words, haphazardly. Whereas the correct definition of random sampling, using random numbers to pick potential respondents or participants from a sampling frame, generally results in a statistically balanced selection of the population. Just focus on that. Random sampling, statistically balanced selection of the population, a convenience sample has an extremely high degree of bias. Let's go to the probe research uh, poll press release. Probe research surveyed a representative sample of 622 adults, Winnipeg adults, between June, 4th, uh, J- July rather 14th to 25th, 2022,
0: to gauge their early views on the city's mayoral uh, election. Even though all the candidates haven't uh, declared so well yeah it's very early
1: yeah even though here's how probe describes what they did with these 622 adults as an online panel survey so it's an online survey as an online panel survey is a sample of convenience no margin of error can be ascribed
0: no margin of error can be
1: just no margin of error a convenient sample from this article from sciencedirect.com a convenient sample has a high and extremely high degree of bias now i realize that a research company might say well no we had the the existing panel and we added to it with some national what does it say the re, the sample of respondents was provided by pro research's proprietary panel meaning people i think that have like signed up to do pro polls and i don't think i paid 5 or 10 bucks or not and supplemented with those from a large scale national panel provider yeah okay now, people who are subscribing to be part of answering polls are, by definition, people that want to participate in giving their opinion. Oh, yeah. And this has no margin of error, although it says uh, a random sampling of 622 adult, adults would have a margin of error of plus or minus 4 percentage points 19 times out of 20. Yeah. Now, that's thrown in. The media sees this, they think, well, it's like that or not, and they completely walk past. You cannot find stories that explain this has no margin of error, has a probability of bias. Now, why is it biased? You it, 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 A probability of bias. People signing on to do political polls with any research company are almost certainly people who are interested in politics and follow it the same way people who would do polls about sports would follow sports and people do polls about esports. would follow esports, sports et cetera, et cetera. Obama's. So that doesn't represent the general public now because it's online. And I'm not sure if this was, and I don't remember. I, I thought this was, was a, a, a telephone uh, had, a, it was a telephone poll, but there was some component of that. But let me tell you that doesn't include the little old lady on Walker in her garden that we talked with before we went and interviewed Bev Pike from the South Oz Residents Association. So, you think of not just individuals who aren't online, wouldn't step forward, wouldn't participate. Their vote counts the same as somebody who's, oh, I'd love to tell you what I think of Justin Trudeau or you know, Heather Stephenson. And now they get a poll about City Hall. Hmm. Now, let's go on with this explanation from ScienceDirect.com. About convenience sampling. Typically, somebody undertaking a convenience sample will ask friends, relatives, colleagues in the workplace, or people in the street to take part in research. One of the best ways of considering the pitfalls is to look at the last approach, stopping people in the street. On a typical weekday morning, in a shopping area of an average town, the people on the street at that time are likely to result in an overrepresentation of the views of, for example, the unemployed and elderly retired population. There will be a corresponding underrepresentation of those working the traditional nine-to-five jobs. Well, what's missing in this representation of this probe research poll, with 478 people who responded with opinions out of the 622 that were uh, canvassed? What's re- unre- underrepresented? People that aren't online, people that don't bother participating in polling uh, exercises.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, when anyone that's studied any sort of statistics knows that there's always supposed to be like an error associated with the data. So to have a set of data means that you've either Surveyed everyone in the world, or or in Winnipeg, about Glenn Murray and this this pro uh, pro probe, uh, analysis Survey. data, yeah. or or there it's huge red flags.
1: Nevertheless, it's perhaps the weakest of all of the non-probability sampling strategies. So yes, you've got a group of people of 480 that have actually answered this. So, and this is another important point. Out of the 622, 23% either didn't have an answer or didn't like any of the people on the roster that they were asked, would you support, not support, strongly for sure, not at all. Uh, if you take these numbers out of the pool of 622, Glenn Murray has 34%. That's a very, a number of people find believable, but what a normal media would do is go 23%, essentially undecided, we'll call it, or dissatisfied, or not mm-hmm. engaged, that's a pretty big damn number that can move around. You have one oh. candidate move down three or four or five points. You have another one pick up a few points. You have the that group move. That's you didn't hear anything about 23% out of the uh, uh, that did not have an opinion out of that larger number. So people are reading this, including in the media, and they're thinking, oh, 622 people uh, uh, surveyed, and he has 40, 44%. And so you see how this takes on a life of its own. That there's no relation. Whatsoever to reality? No. None.
0: <clears throat> These are uh, the same people that are surprised when Donald Trump won the elections in the states. They're like, what? A
1: hundred, a hundred. But the
0: polling showed that Hillary Clinton yeah. was going to win. Exactly. Wow. Yeah.
1: Another, again, from this uh, this uh, uh, computer science webpage. Um, convenience sampling is the most common form of non-probabilistic sampling, mostly because it is misused. All right.
0: Well, I think we can leave it there. (laughs) So
1: in this case, they're looking for people that are hackers or other things in computer science. So in that business, we'll call it, in that field, uh, convenience sampling would be taking samples located around a location or, or, or Internet service. We've all seen samples that leverage students in the computer science classes. I didn't understand this at first. This is convenience sampling improperly used. A proper use of convenience sampling would be sampling of Craigslist, the Silk Road, or other black market services to study cybercrime communication. Okay, so the idea is you're trying to look for who's engaging in hacking and criminal activity in, in cyberspace. Right. To use convenience sampling in that kind of survey would be a misuse. Because you're sampling from uh, from a, a pool that isn't going to reflect general society, S- as it's
0: explained. Oh, okay.
1: Selecting a set of found communications. So found communications. Hey, here's this conversation in Bebo. Here's this Facebook discussion group. Here's Craigslist, the Silk Road, or other black market services. If you look at found communications – those would adequately represent other criminal communication where computer science students do not represent the general public very well. In other words, computer science students are far less likely to engage in illegal be- – I guess because they'd be thrown out of school – to engage in illegal behavior. Right, right. But in the general public, they would. But if you convenience sample only those from a specific kind of a group or something that's nearby, you're not actually finding out what – how many criminals are – on the black market services to get the idea. So that's why, to make a long story short, that's why there's severe limitations. Now, did you hear any media outlets say convenient sampling can be misused? Did you hear any of them say 23%, blah, 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 don't mistake the 44% to represent the number, and even 600 is a ridiculously small sample to try to extract anything? It is true that if the group the probe put together, that it was 60 or 70% left wing, a certain high number of them, like Glenn Murray no
0: and, why why would they want people to think about it
1: and they this is really as is pointed out in in an article uh it, it it's a function of name recognition Glenn having been in the news a lot in July and among the candidates that weren't Jenny modd now the- uh, uh and meanwhile Robert Falconlette with zero press conferences and hasn't done an interview with us yet or nothing. And he's at 13%. Well, that's the name recognition of him, not so much, I think, from when he was an MP, but from when he ran for mayor the first time in 2014 and finished third and at 16%. So that's just a residual effect. Effect, I, in my opinion, of that race. Why would he be so high? Because he said nothing in this campaign of any consequence so far. Now, the pro the pro poll also claimed that Jenny Mikluk had lost support over Canada Day. Who stands on Canada Day, which would only be true within that s- convenient sampling of people that are already 60% or something left of centre, that already hate Canada, that already hate Canada Day, that would never vote for uh, anybody who stood up for those principles if their life depended on it. And big surprise, 42% say they would never vote for Jenny Listen, in the, broader the
0: people, community,
1: she In the broader the people,
0: community, she picked up support. Yeah, the people that care about Canada Day, vote. The people that don't care about Canada Day, don't vote. That's not reflected in this. The next thing you know, every
1: headline in your favorite morning show is saying, Whoa, well, yeah, Glenn Murray's doing great with a pool of under 500 people, of which 60 or 70% are left-wing. Absolutely yeah. true. He's doing it with them. He does great. Is He's he still in breach of the Canada line? Is Lux he left act and, and one other thing, Kenny, before I forget – not one media outlet explained this poll was taken before it became known that there was this issue with Murray's prior election return. If you Is, did that poll again with that same pool of people, by the way, I don't think the number would move very much because they've already made – these a group of people who already have very hardcore views. So yeah. that might move two or three or four points maybe, maybe from the Glenn Murray total and maybe move a couple to MottCluck and maybe people would shuffle to – RFO or to 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 Rick Schoen or or Ron or somebody else. Uh, but in the general public, you can be sure that not being compliant to the general of the Canada Elections Act means m- means more to the average person in the general public than it does to people in the probe group. And again, this was not explained by anybody. Well, this actually before that was learned. Do another poll now. See what it says. See what people say. It could How- be that it'll have no effect at all.
0: How would it, if you a do a poll of, that's yeah. like an honest poll where you're using random uh, sampling and not this biased sampling? Well,
1: get completely I'll, different results. Okay. So I'll tell you that. Uh, uh, only one, I've only seen one media story that says, don't put being ahead in some poll this early. Don't think it means anything. Talks about Judy, Washalichalese, who, I've interviewed more than anybody. I can say I've interviewed her more than any reporter in the country. Two interviews totaling 140 minutes on radio plus TV episode that I think, Kenny, we should post. And remind the
0: people about, yeah. The city circus one's really good. 27 minutes. Yeah.
1: And Judy was ahead in the poll, 39% the first poll. And the next thing you know, it didn't happen for her. And by the time it was done, Brian, uh, uh, Brian Bowman, uh, surpassed the field in 2014. So I've only seen one story that even has suggested that. But even in this story, it does not reveal that this is a, that this is a, a convenience, uh, uh, survey. It doesn't, dis- it does, I think at the end discuss the, uh, the, the, undec- the, the, not, not undecided. Here's what it says actually. It's a, a CBC story by Bartley Kivas. An online pro poll of 622 adults says that suggests Murray has support of 44% of decided Winnipeg voters. Well, that's deceptive, the way that sentence is constructed, because it's not decided voters. And all the public sees is 622 and 44%. Yeah. Among decided vote, among the overall pool, it's 34. A poll of 622 says he has a support of 34%. That's. That's. The real news, the fake news, puts it at 44%. And so Aaron Moore, who's chair of PoliSci at the U of W, said this is more a reflection of Murray's name recognition than anything else, and that's true. Uh, It's interesting how probe research doesn't care that the media has run with this without the media putting into context the... The, the did not respond, that they, they, it's like they don't seem to care if their numbers are reflected properly in the media. And, uh, but, uh, you know, they're paid by somebody to do the poll. Who knows who paid them? Uh, and ultimately, it's free publicity for probe. And if the media misinterprets it, I, any candidate, Glenn Murray, Scott Gilliam, anybody would run with something that said, ah, we're number one by a long shot right now. Right? right? I think. Yeah. So uh, there's some other, you know, there's some other explanation of the previous elections here and 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 what happened in 2014. And I, Kenny, I just want to hold it because it gets too deep in. There's clearly a rewriting of Winnipeg political history. And Kenny, would you make a note that we're going to return to this subject and this article because the way it describes how Bowman became mayor. And Bowman in, in in the reason it's important is Judy uh, Washley Leachalise had like 39 percent. Bowman was in third at 14 or something, and ended up uh, winning the race in 2014. And I want to return to that because the the this portrayal of what happened in 2014, the rise of Bowman, so to speak, oh. it's uh, it's fake news. And I want to address it, but I don't want to take up people's time now. The fact they take time over the course of a long
0: weekend to listen to us, uh, but that's what you need to know. I just want to bring up one thing about that city, that City Circus interview with uh, Judy Walshalisha Lees. She brought up the fact that we're going to have uh, our infrastructure is going to be crumbling if we vote for Brian Bowman. And like, look what's happening now. It seems like that's these, uh pro- It seems like these uh, sinkholes are Brian Bowman's legacy right now. We should be naming them after him. <laughs>
1: Uh, One other thing from the CBC story that is true, Murray's frontrunner status also invites more scrutiny, which for people of a certain age is uh, sort of referred to as the Gary Hart candidacy. Uh, 18 years have passed since he resigned from the mayor's office in Winnipeg to make an unsuccessful run as a federal Liberal Party candidate. This actually leaves out that he ran for Liberal Party leader in Ontario before running for for. Uh, for a Green Party leader, and he served in Ontario as cabinet minister, including I don't know if he was only minister of transportation, including as minister of transportation, where he pissed off people in northwestern Ontario, some of whom are Manitoba residents who own property uh, property there. So uh, one thing that is true that that came from a member of the Gillingham campaign, actually, Colin Fast, who's the doing communications for the Gillingham campaign, is uh, and he went through in a Twitter thread uh, the question of who would you vote for? Included registered candidates. Of who would you consider voting for? Included Kevin Klein, who's going to be uh, entering the race formally on Wednesday. I hope to attend his campaign event, his launch, and ask him a couple of questions. He's uh, always been very good with giving me his time and giving the media his time. Uh, and that included him and Russ Wyatt. And uh, I have not said anything for weeks. Kenny's been aware of it. There's been. I was talked to about this al- months ago that Russ Wyatt was looking to reenter political life. And if he does, I can tell you right now, him, Klein, Sean, Mockluck, RFO, I I think there's eight, seven or eight of the candidates have agreed to be interviewed on the program.
0: That's great.
1: Hey, Russ Wyatt, Russ, Russ Wyatt did a couple of appearances on City Circus in the studio. (laughs) In any event, Confast explained, tried to explain this, and that, you know, there's 93 days, To the uh, to the election. And that's the length of two and a half federal election campaigns. That's an excellent point. It's a (laughs) long time in political lifetimes,
0: especially for civics.
1: Yes. And he also points out in Calgary a month from Election Day in Calgary in 2010. Nenshi was in single digits and then rolled in, uh, rolled in and, and won. And what a disaster that was for Calgary. Uh, So he's just telling everybody to be patient and be realistic And a point made by another member of his campaign team, uh, uh, of of the Gilliam campaign team, uh, that uh, the 2022 Winnipeg public isn't very familiar with Glenn Murray. And that's true. People over the age of about 40 will remember what it was like to have Glenn Murray as mayor, and they will have opinions about that. Uh, Those under uh, may not. But they may also find interesting his uh, various political misadventures uh, in Ontario. Uh, somebody actually said online that it was unfair when I referred to him in uh, in a, uh, uh, a write-up to promote the pod the podcast uh, interview with Jenny Mottcleck that he was a province-hopping career politician. <laughs>
0: that
1: doesn't mean well, Glenn Murray's not a nice okay. guy. It's the truth.
0: True. Yeah.
1: It doesn't he mean he's not a nice guy, or if, that he's anything.
0: But you would have called is. him a carpet beggar, that's completely different because that's a negative connotation. but you didn't. You said he's province hopping. I'm
1: shocked you remembered the word. I forgot all about it. Carpet But baggers? no, I wouldn't call him a carpet bagger.
0: No, no. We're saying we're not we're not saying he's a carpet beggar. So I'm surprised wanna, he's a liberal though, because his logo's blue and yellow. He still he loves those he, colors. He
1: if I'm remembering correctly, Glenn was an NDP city councilor when elected in ninety two. Going by memory here. Right. I think he was an NDP councilor. He was a Kathleen Wynne Ontario MPP and cabinet minister. Then he uh, went to work for the Pemina Institute, I think it was, for I don't know, a year and a half or something. And <laughs> at some point, ran enough. for the and then he ran, <laughs> and then he ran for the Green Party leadership. And so he's been active in a not a represent the people role, but a an ambitious political role with three different political parties in the course of the last 30 years, maybe a little shorter. I'm not sure when the NDP, I don't remember when the municipal NDP faded from view uh, exactly. Uh, and Nick Ternet unfortunately is alive because otherwise I'd ask Nick and he'd, he'd know right away. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, just to, to wrap up in general, uh, we I will find out from Bev Pike about the meeting Bev Pike had. With uh, with Jenny Motkaluk, uh which was a follow up to our podcast about the situation in uh, South Osborne uh, and the the city not city not enforcing bylaws and and the, this, the 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 damage being done to that neighborhood. Um, so I'll find out what went on with that. I'm going to try to go to the to, uh, the the Klein uh, campaign launch. Rick Schoen, I apologize. Um, there was a an unfortunate family medical emergency on the in-laws side of the family, and my time was not my own. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, when we were going to try to meet up on the road, you know, a- a- in the field. I owe you one. Somebody told me that they met you on the campaign trail, and that they were very impressed, and that you'll really like him. And I look forward to meeting you and being able to let you speak to the audience and talk about your campaign and all the other candidates too. Having her back from. Rana bakari or a couple of others yet. Uh, uh we'll get to all of you. And I appreciate everybody's patience. This is a lot harder. It's <laughs> a lot harder than we thought. There's yeah. been some technical stuff. Uh all our content is housed on Wham.live at the City Circus tab. Uh and now you know what you're gonna hear. We need your support. Big surprise. Politicians need your support. We need your support. We hold politicians honest. We hold the media honest. You just heard you just heard. You weren't getting the whole story in those stories, and I've done what I can. I've done the research, to try to explain it to you now you can explain to your friends or relatives. you know that poll you know doesn't really mean what you think it means. It's not the most you know it's not it's not the same the one thing that wasn't explained is this a different kind of poll that will be done later.
0: They would have to explain it with beers like all right, so we got these cooler lights over here, we got these Budweiser's <laughs> over here and if you want to talk to these Budweiser's about how good five yeah. percent beer is. You're, you're probably, you're probably right, actually. I wish,
1: m- my dad used to, my cousins in Windsor, my mom's side of the family, my cousins, to this day, will talk about when my dad, we'd go to Windsor, they'd come here, my dad would explain like to, to you know, where they were going to be driving to, like go visit something downtown or or to right. get somewhere, and he'd, he'd use the salt and pepper shaker, and here's Portage in Maine, and then here's, and here's, here's like Junior's here's vj's <laughs> and, oh, and i did it i mean i did too i was just notorious for it. like why do you do that well that's how you show people where things are at the salt the shaker the pepper shaker a, a knife for one roadway and a fork for the other and
0: yeah
1: and a bottle of winola or dr pepper is is where the arena is <laughs> you know or, or whatever
0: that's so, where we're going but you don't want to drive directly there because it's winnipeg you got to drive around a bit first
1: Exactly. So if you find this entertaining, you find this informative, send this to your friends, send this to your colleagues. There are people who work on the campaigns that are listening to us. They're paying attention. I'm not saying everything Kenny and I say is necessarily right or wrong, but at least we're making people think. John Dobbin is going to make people think with that piece. Yeah. They're going to think about victims of crime. They're going to think about what can be done to support them. They're going to be thinking about what can be done to stop these criminals from, from finding victims, from pouncing on victims? And to do this work that CBC is not doing, no matter how much money Trudeau gives them, that the free press is not doing, no matter how much money Trudeau gives them, that none of those corporate newsrooms are doing, no matter what kind of support they get for local journalism. So you can read about another ribbon cutting or, you know, chalk drawing on a sidewalk. We're here trying to give you information so that you can make decisions that you know are going to impact your life. Your support is appreciated, no matter how much it is, big or small. And you'd be surprised how big some of them have been in the past, to be honest with you. You see value in this, and you can contribute so we can spend our time on this and less time on actual, like, (laughs) trying to figure out other ways of making money to pay the rent and pay the bills and put gas in the car and all the rest of it. This is not rocket science. We will be your voice. You have questions for candidates. I will ask them. I've done it already and you've seen it. Matter of fact, you have any questions for, for Kevin Klein, send them in. Marty at gmail.com. I'm, I'm not promising. I can get there on Wednesday because the, what I referenced earlier in the family, I might be needed with regards to other, other things, but that is my priorities to try to get to that launch as well as try to find a couple other candidates send me your questions. I'll, You know what? I'll email them to him anyways. We'll get him on the phone. He'll do an interview one way or the other. I'm just hoping to see him in person. Send us your tips. Send us your questions. Send us your observations. And if you're able to, send us your support. PayPal link in the episode description. Email me for any questions. Uh, uh, and 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 like I said before, I'll come meet with you. I'll give you a receipt with a big smile on my face. As a matter of fact, I'll not only give you a receipt. While copies last, I'll give you a copy of Retropeg.
0: Oh, black my gosh.
1: White, black and white book, uh, photography taken in uh, Winnipeg's North End. Uh, well, not just the North End, uh, uh, but uh, all throughout Winnipeg. Uh, a lot of the North End's uh, Wolseley neighborhood. Tremendous old pictures of Winnipeg in the 1970s. Uh, so if uh, for those that I'm going to put a price tag on it, Donations, $50 and over, copies of RetroPeg, autographed by me. Because oh, my God. We all know really, Kenny only spells he can't actually sign a cursive autograph. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I remember that from all those years ago. When somebody have... came up to us for autographs somewhere in a live remote, and you were like, you're looking at me like, do I have to?
0: <laughs> Can I just do a star or an X? Like, Just what a, are we thumbprint, doing a thumbprint. Here. You'll get,
1: maybe I'll be able to get the Kenny's thumbprint. <laughs> your support is crucial. I want to be able to spend my time doing this, and Kenny wants to be able to devote more time doing it. And you know what? You've heard. Nobody's going to explain this. Nobody's going to put it out there. When we get these episode descriptions up, that gives you a tool to send to your Baba, to send to your Zeta, to send to your niece and nephew, to send to your coworkers and say, hey, you know that – in this case, you know that, Paul? Hey, you know what? You know about BRT. Uh, hey, you're wondering what's going on in Minarski Ward? Aaron McDowell's running. What about Chief Smythe? You can take the episodes that we put out there with those headlines and send those headlines and that content to people that you know so that you do your part to make sure that they get the same information you're getting that none of you are getting from CTV Global, CGOB, or anybody else.
0: No, they're just being lazy. Like that, the poll, like everyone knows that poll was nonsense, but no one. Is going to do all that digging to realize why that poll is nonsense.
1: The bottom line on the poll, folks, it's a and I don't have the exact number in front Garbage. of me, but it's 44% of 278. I I'm rounding it off. It's like 220, 230 people, and a room full of people that are already following politics, basically, say that they would support Glenn Murray before knowing he breached the Federal Elections Act. There you go. Mm-hmm. can elections act. There you go. There That's the is. explanation. So it's a snapshot in time of a particular group of people. And I can tell you for what it's worth, in my lifetime, I've had in a crowd of 500 people, I've had more than 230 cheering or booing me when I've been wrestling. <laughs> I mean, it means something, but it's not the biggest accomplishment on earth. Does yeah. it show that Glenn Murray has solid support among the political left uh, at this t- point coalescing around him? Uh, yeah, it also shows with some of these minor candidates, you know, in a pool that small, you have people registering because three people recognize their name. It, it just. You know, some people are not going to get, you know, five or in eight percent in that election. And it also underrates candidates, um, uh, uh, candidates whose whose voter base is is not represented in the pool uh, because this is a different kind of pool than what's going to be done later. But don't tell people that. Let's get some headlines going on a long weekend. So for Glenn Murray, it's a success.
0: Is it, though? Like, yeah, I feel well, like people lose trust in him. Like, I like maybe lose,
1: No, I, I think that, I think they lose trust in the way media reports polls. Yeah. he loses trust over the over the this issue with with uh with why he never went to court to seek an extension and how it is six it's taken 16 months and the auditor still has questions about five receipts I mean those are the questions that you'd think a normal media would ask instead they clearly you know th- it's narrative it's they have a narrative in their own mind they have their own biases which is fine and dandy the problem is that what is biased reporting? What is slanted reporting? In their in their cases is uh, is not reflected, and it doesn't even give people enough information to make a fair determination about what they're writing. Whether the bias is is a is a sort of a, a fair way to look at things, a fair way to interpret the data, a fair way to interpret the facts. I mean, God bless them. People can do what they want. We're doing what we do, and if you like it, support us, please. And if you want to advertise or sponsor segments or episodes, specific episodes, like you want one episode about uh, about the North End or about the west End, that'll be we'll do it. That would be actually a good idea, and one other thing special surprise I haven't even told Kenny yet. I was contacted by a former city councillor who has asked to do a podcast episode about the city of Winnipeg, and I believe this means basically the way city hall runs, stuff like that, not about the candidates no necessarily for election a f- awesome. someone who has not been rumored. As running for mayor, okay, a former councillor contacted me, having listened to our podcast, and asked, can I come on? I That's want to cute. talk about the city of Winnipeg. That is awesome. That's so That's nice. It. So stay tuned. There's going to be more. I'll, we're going to try for a midweek podcast. The column last week. Sorry, folks. it got blown up because of the family stuff, uh, I, for which, again, I apologize. Uh, but now it's August. We've got eight podcasts out. That's one every four days. We put up, you know, that that's that's a piece of content that the free press columnists to put out is something every four days. And they get paid 150 dollars or $200,000 a year. What brings you greater value? I rest my case. What brings the marketplace of ideas greater value? I rest <laughs> my case. And so that's it for, for us. Kenny, thank you very much.
0: Marty, thank you. It's and been thank fun. you
1: for predicting the bus driver thing, which I was just, I was amazed when I saw that, that we had just talked about that.
0: I've just I just always felt that, though, like I always felt it was just such a bad idea because you're giving the drivers a sense of safety. And really, that shouldn't be like that. Well, they should have a sense of safety, but just they not shouldn't be the that... shield for it, though. Like there there should be a, another solution for well, that situation. Me ask, well, let me ask you this, Kenny. Uh, uh, when was the last time you think Brian Bowman
1: rode the uh, rode the sergeant bus or the Selkirk bus?
0: I'm sure he rides it every day. I think that's his favorite bus. <laughs> Do so you uh, go on there eating skittles?
1: Uh, fi- final, finally, uh, I say this uh, uh, in the words of Spirit of Kenny: "Stay out of the uh, overflowing creeks."
0: Yeah, Jeez Louise, you forget uh, it rains just once, eh? It's yeah, delayed by 20 minutes.
1: And again, I thank you all for the. I thank you all for listening. I thank you for your support. We're we're in from now to October 26. Uh, we're gonna keep grinding them out as best we can, and remember. Above all else, when it comes to your political rulers, your political masters, when it comes to elections, you have the power.
0: Thanks for listening to The Great Canadian Talk Show. If you want to email Marty, send it to tgcts1 at gmail.com or follow him on Twitter at tgcts.